Zillennials podcast. Today on Zillennials, we have another book club episode, and we're going to be looking at How Much of These Hills is Gold by C. Pam John. Also, I would like to issue a formal apology. I've been saying how much of these hills are gold, and it's how much of these hills is gold. So if you looked up the wrong title, that's on me. That's my bad. Sorry. Just wanted to let you all know. So, Lian, what was your overall impression of this book? I think that the overall impression of it was that I really liked the writing. I think it might have taken me a little bit to get into the story because I think at the beginning it seemed very character driven and very heavy on the explanations of like the scenery and stuff, which I didn't mind because I liked the writing of it. I just kept thinking about how you said that you don't like character driven books as much. And I'm reading this and I'm like, oh my gosh, is Kaylee going to hate me (laughs) for picking this? (laughs) No, actually, I loved this book, which I mean, as we've said before, normally I'm not a character driven plot type of person, but like the way that she wrote this book was so awesome. Like, I just, I loved the descriptions. It really sort of like painted a picture in your head. And I also really liked the way that it was more so like about describing things rather than dialogue focused. Because of those things, I loved this book. I think it was probably my favorite one that we've read so far. That reminds me because I think when we were talking about how you don't like character driven books is that you say that they're usually not very well written. And so I think that's probably what made this one different is that at least in my opinion, it was very well written. So that I don't know, it's just like I liked reading the way she describes stuff. Same. I thought that like the way that she describes stuff was unusual, but brilliant. And I really enjoyed the way that she described it. It kind of reminded me of like, Night Circus, if you've read that book. I haven't read that yet. You've never, you haven't, oh my gosh, Leon, we have to put that on our book club episode list. Like, I remember reading it when I was back in high school, and it was like one of the most beautiful books that I've ever read. Like, I think it's going to be listed as like a classic from our time in the future. Anyway, that's besides the point. (laughs) So stay tuned. That might be coming down the line. Yeah, definitely. One thing that I kind of wanted to talk about kind of as an intro before we get into the main discussion of the book is kind of our experience with reading Westerns because this book is a spin on the typical American Western novel. And when I was reading book reviews about this, which I may be kind of weird, but I wait to read book reviews until I'm done because I'm like, I don't want to come across an accidental spoiler when I'm reading a book review. But two that I read, one from the New York Times and one from NPR, both mentioned that the book is kind of draws on stuff from William Faulkner's As I Lay Dying and John Steinbeck's Grapes of Wrath, which I haven't read Grapes of Wrath, but I did read As I Lay Dying as a junior in high school. I remember absolutely none of it except for that we had a video project. But we can kind of go into similarities more, but I know with like As I Lay Dying is that it starts with the death and kind of this journey to go bury the body, which is similar to how this story starts out. But I was wondering what your experience was like with Westerns. So in terms of Westerns, we never really read Westerns in high school, so I haven't really had a lot of experience with reading them. I know in like history class, I think we watched clips from Grapes of Wrath, 
And I just remember it being all about like the Dust Bowl and how everything was just kind of dead. I hope that I'm getting that right. I might not be getting that right. That was many moons ago. But I know that we did watch a little bit of it. Aside from that, we didn't really read a lot of Westerns. I wanted to read some fun facts to you that I learned from the New York Times profile on C. Pam Zhang. So... See, I knew this from the, I think from like the back cover, but basically she was born in Beijing and then she moved to the US when she was little and she moved around a whole bunch. But the stuff that I thought was very interesting is that when she was laid off from her first job after college, it was when she was like, okay, I got laid off. Like I'm going to actually try writing because she kind of did the thing that I think a lot of us do where we say to ourselves, oh, if I had more time, I would do blank. What she was thinking is like, you know what? I just got laid off. I'm going to give myself a year to like try out writing. So she just moved to Bangkok. Wow. And just started writing. And she wrote a few like short stories and stuff. And then I guess what would become the draft of this book. So I thought that was interesting. I remember because I did read it like at the end of the book, she said that she'd moved, I think something like 13 times, if I'm not getting that wrong. And she said like, she's still searching for her home. And I thought that that was like such a... I don't know. I just like, I really felt that, you know, because I feel like, I don't know, there's a question of like, what makes something home to you? Yeah. And I think you can see that in this book. Mm -hmm. Random side note too. I think she dedicated part of the book to her cat at the end. And I was like, I was all there for that. Leanne, that sounds like something you would do. I could totally see it. You'd be like, and this book was written for Sam, the most wonderful cat. Yeah, I would totally dedicate a book to a cat. I guess we'll start our discussion on the actual book. So this is where we'll put our disclaimer. There are some surprising twists and reveals in this book. And for, you know, a well-rounded discussion, we will be talking about those. So if you don't want to know about them, I suggest pausing here and then coming back when you've read the book. Or if you don't care and want to know them anyway, just keep listening. Yeah, so we'll start off with the summary. So essentially, this book starts right off after Ba's death, which Ba's their dad, and Sam and Lucy, which are our two main characters, go to search for a place to bury him. So they're searching for a home, if you will, to bury their father. Eventually, they do bury their dad, and they come across a town that Lucy ends up staying in for five years. She lives there without Sam for five years, but leaves when Sam comes back because she realizes that it's really not her jam and that she'll always kind of be on the fringes of society there. When they do reunite, Sam has people after him and Lucy strikes a deal so that Sam can leave and be free, but Lucy has to stay behind. So that's like just a general overarching summary. Is there anything in particular that you wanted to start with? Yes. So what do you think about the gender roles in this book? What I thought was interesting about the gender roles in this book is it starts off talking about Lucy and Sam. And I think in the book, they don't specifically use pronouns for Sam for a bit. Like they're always just saying, Sam does this, Sam does that. I don't know what it was, but I think something in the first parts of the book made me think that it's like, oh, they're sisters. And then... There was a really interesting quote from page 157 after they lose their mother and how one brother lost, another gained that night Sam is born. And kind of that's when he 
made his full transition into like, I guess, full time out to the world, like presenting as a male. Yeah, no, I totally understand. Honestly, at first, I thought that Sam was born a boy and was always a boy until like, they talked about that one part with the carrot. And I was like, what? But then later, it was interesting to see that like, Sam kind of presented as a girl earlier on in life. But after his mom left, he started presenting more as a boy. But honestly, I feel like that very much fit who he was and like how strong he was and what he believed in. Because I feel like Sam was always the one who was extremely, he had a lot of conviction about everything. I think that's really interesting because when I started the book, before you know anything, I assumed that Sam was a girl. I mean, obviously some people transition when they're older, but like, especially when they're younger and when it's their parents dressing them or like cutting their hair and stuff, how it just might not always align. Yeah. And you know, that was something that I wondered for a little bit is I was like, was it that because their mom had lost a son or like, because like their family had lost a son when the baby was stillborn was like Sam kind of forced into this role. But then I think as you go on in the book, you realize, no, this is truly how Sam identifies. I thought that that was really nice that they had that be how Sam truly identified. I saw that too, because I know Ba would always talk about how, you know, the boys would get paid more when they went to the mine. So when the mother died and then Sam started going to work with a father dressed as a boy, I thought that the father was like making him do that because he wanted to earn more money. But I think like you said, like after time, you're like, oh, okay, this isn't something that the father decided. Yeah. And I think that that was just like kind of nice to realize is that like, even though it was, I feel like partially in order because the boys got paid more money, I feel like it was truly how Sam identified, which was something that was really nice and really refreshing because I feel like especially from books that are set so early on in American history, I feel like you don't really come across characters who are transgender. And so it was really nice to kind of see a character who was transgender in a more like historical setting. I thought that was interesting because I did some quick Googling because I wanted to find out more about the book and the author and stuff like that. And I found this interview with the author that we'll link in the the show notes but it was asking about sam being transgender and how the family just kind of took it as it was like the dad was kind of chill with it um but then about how kind of like what you're saying of, of how it is this book that was that's taking place so long ago and it i thought it was interesting that the author's response is was basically transgender people have always existed it's just they haven't always been included in the narrative and so to write sam as a transgender character wasn't that mind-blowing because it's like even in like whether i think in both like whether fiction about this time or non-fiction like in our history books like you don't really hear about that but i think something that she wanted to raise is like just because you don't hear about it doesn't mean it's not there And so I think she's trying to highlight these things that weren't included in the history books. Yeah, and I think that that's really a great point. I think that she definitely was trying to highlight these things that weren't included necessarily in the history books. And I think that she did a really great job writing Sam's character. Like that was something that I thought she did really well. Granted, I'm not somebody who's transgender, so like I can't speak as to how the transgender community feels feels about it but 
I felt like she did a pretty good job. If you're somebody who is transgender and has an opinion on this and you've read the book, please feel free to reach out to us. Like, I would love to hear your opinions being someone from that community. Another thing that I thought was really interesting in terms of gender is how Lucy and her mother kind of learned to weaponize being woman and kind of to use that to their advantage. And I think that it was really interesting too how like Lucy didn't fully understand how to do that until she got older because she realized that like she was desired by men. And so then she was like, oh, I can kind of like use this to my advantage, like especially when Sam was in all that trouble at the end of the book. I thought that it was really interesting to see that sort of like character arc where like Lucy kind of realized, oh, this is something I can use to my advantage. And she talked about it a little bit too, how it was kind of like a double-edged sword where it's like, sometimes you can use it to your advantage, but sometimes it puts you in uncomfortable positions. Yeah, I think, I can't remember. It was probably the mother that told Lucy this, but when she said to be aware of what part of you that the other person wants. I thought that was really interesting. And I think that the mom also kind of used that to her advantage. I think kind of an example of the mother, because I think as a woman in the 1800s, and especially as a Chinese immigrant, you probably don't have much power in the American West. And so I think you can kind of see how she used what she could when they were trying to negotiate for Lucy to get her extra lessons and how when they went to the teacher's house, it's like the mother wasn't going to straight up like solicit herself, but like she knew that the teacher was like kind of into her. Yeah, I agree. Also, I thought that it was like, I don't know if you felt this way, but I felt like it was kind of like uncomfy when the teacher came over to their house and was like, really, though, you are quite beautiful. I was like, oh, I was like, this is a married woman. And I felt like personally, I felt like part of the reason why he was like that is just because he hadn't met Chinese people before. And so I feel like it was low key, like, I don't know, I felt like it was low key, like, kind of due to race that he was like, oh, and I was like, this is so uncomfy. Can I go on my teacher Lee rant now? Oh, please do. So now to anybody who's heard our Alice Network episode, I promise this will not go on as long as Renee's, but I do have a bone to pick with teacher Lee. So first there's that schoolyard fight. Then he's like, oh, I know the other girls told me that Sam started it. And he was basically just kind of like, I know your people. Kind of like insinuating that they're like violent and savages and like, uncivilized and stuff and he's like well don't come back to school like we don't want you here and then that's when lucy and her mom like go to his house and stuff like that and so then they convince him to offer her extra lessons again but whenever there are scenes of lucy going there for tutoring he was never tutoring her he was just kind of like asking weird questions like how much do you make like what does your mother do what do you eat and he was just like asking questions about her and her family. And I was like, dude, you're not even giving extra lessons. You just want to use them in your stupid book. Also, I thought he was like very full of himself. He's like, oh, I come from the East and I came to the uncivilized West to set up this school for poor little minors children. And I don't know. I know he was written like that on purpose, but I also couldn't stop myself. And I was just like, can he just get off his high horse? Like he's not that special. Oh my gosh, I totally agree with you. Something I noticed too about the extra lessons is like, he was just, oh, what about this? What about that? And it was like, he was just kind of studying Lucy. Like it was just kind of weird. I was like, oh, this is uncomfy. The thing too is when she left, he wasn't like, oh no, we'll be losing such a good student. He was like, all my research is useless now. 
And I was like, okay, so you really don't care about this kid. You just care about your own research. That got me so mad because like I kind of had that hunch the whole time. But then when she's like, oh, we're leaving. And he's like, oh, well, an unfinished chapter like isn't worth anything, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, but you never even asked Lucy if you could share her story. You just kind of like assumed. And then, oh my gosh, that that scene where teacher Lee and I think it's like his teacher had come to visit and they were kind of talking about Lucy basically. And teacher Lee was essentially like, let me show you how civilized she is, like how well I've trained her or something. And then he was like, set up the scenario of like, oh, if we're on this caravan and like yours breaks and I like, what do you do? And Lucy, whose family has traveled, you know, out in the West on these paths. And what she said is like, oh, like you drain an ox and then drink his blood for the water or something. And I feel like that came from someone who has actually had to survive in the wilderness. And teacher Lee was just like appalled. And basically he was just like, no, 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 you ask me. And I share half of my provisions with you. And then Lucy, it goes to her thoughts. And she was like, we've been on the road with no food and nobody has offered help. And honestly, like it was so wrong. I felt like of him to kind of shame her for that because I was like, that's self-sufficiency. And you don't understand because you're a white man. You know what I mean? Like people might not always offer help, especially because you saw how racist people were towards them in the book. I was like, I wouldn't rely on people for help if I was them. Like, no, like you would think that they're not going to help you. So I felt like her answer was totally justified. And the fact that he made like a big stink about it really bothered me. Also, the fact that her family had come from, I'm guessing some port in California. And they were talking about how teacher Lee got there. And he was like, oh, I took a train in like a couple wagons or something. I'm like, dude, what do you know about survival? Absolutely nothing. He gets his salt shipped from the East, Leon. I think without repeating myself, that's all I have to say about him. But he was very aggravating. Oh, I totally agree. So did you have a favorite character? I don't think so. Um, I think, and this could probably be just because it's how it's written. I was kind of finding myself rooting for Lucy but I think that could be partly because you see her thoughts and like everything you know about everyone else is seen through her lens. But I wouldn't say I was particularly attached to anybody. Were you attached to someone? I really liked Lucy and Sam, but I think if I had to pick one, I think I would pick Sam just because he kind of went by his own moral compass and was like, I don't care what you all think. I'm just going to do what I think is right. And that was something that like I really admired was that sort of boldness that he had. And I think too, seeing it from Lucy's lens, she always talked about how Sam shone, right? And how like Sam was this person who like everybody was really like attracted to, not like attracted to like hearts and stuff, but more like attracted to like very charismatic. And so for that reason, Sam really stuck out to me. I think that's what what's impressive about Sam is how what, they were like 11. I don't know how old they were when they were split up, but probably, what, around... It's because they lived five years, and I think they met back up when they were 16, so it was when he was still like around 11, and how he just went off as basically a child to ride around the West. I don't know. Maybe it's because I could identify more with Lucy, because if you think about it, I'm like, okay... If we had to come down to it, am I more Lucy or am I more Sam? 
am I likely to get on my horse and ride off into the West and have to hunt and forage and like fight full grown men by myself? I'm like, no, probably not. (laughs) See, I feel like I'm more like Lucy too, but I still felt like Sam was my favorite character. And I think that that's because I see Sam as like, I wish I could be like that. You know what I mean? Like, I wish I could be so bold. It's kind of like the aspirational. Mm -hmm. I think part of it could be that at the beginning, Sam kind of annoyed me. Yeah, Sam kind of did annoy me too at the beginning. One of the things that I thought was also just like kind of unrealistic was the fact that Sam like pulled a gun at the bank. I was like, what? They're a child. Sam is a child. He's like 11. I was like, what 11 year old is going to pull a gun at a bank? And like that to me struck me as like unusual. Yeah, but I think part of that is Sam's character where like Lucy describes him as like, oh yeah, he is bold, is willing to go out on his own. But there's also kind of this little element of him that's kind of off. I think she talks about it in the sense of like some of the negative aspects of their father's behavior and personality kind of seeped into Sam. Where most of the time, you know, it's like kind of like one of those things where he's like, most of the time the lid is on it. But then sometimes the lid gets knocked a little and like this kind of like darker character kind of seeps out. I think that could have been it where like he he just kind of annoyed me in the beginning and I just never got over it. Since I think a lot of the major tea is spilled in part four, I just wanted to talk about part three briefly where Ba's spirit talking to Lucy because one of the questions on the reader guide from the publisher that I will also link down below talks about how does learning Ba's story basically change your opinion of him and I feel like it I think like anything is like when you hear someone's story about why they turned out the way or how they turned out the way they did I think it helps you understand better even if you don't like what they did Ba was kind of like at least to Lucy seemed kind of like a bad parent yeah he was definitely like pretty abusive towards Lucy because she did talk about how he would like hit her and stuff and I think that part of the reason why he did that is just because after his wife left Lucy reminded him so much of his wife so that's why he took out so much of his frustration and his anger on her which by no means makes it right like it's definitely not a right thing to do but it does help you to like see a little bit more like his perspective Plot twist, the mother left didn't die. (laughs) Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention that. (laughs) I thought it was so interesting because at the beginning of the book, Lucy talks about, oh, Ba never showed me where Ma is buried. Yeah. And that always bothered her, like why he wouldn't show her. I guess it's because she's not dead. I guess so. I wonder if they would have put Ba next to Ma if they had known where Ma was buried. I feel like they would have. But I feel like because they didn't know where she was buried, that's kind of what started this whole premise of like, well, we need to go on a journey to find a home for Ba. And another plot twist is that Sam knew all along, but Lucy didn't. Uh Uh-huh. And so I feel like if you're a parent and you only tell one of your kids that their mother ran away and didn't die... I feel like that causes some sort of strain in the relationship between the siblings. How can it not? Yeah, because it's like you'd probably have one sibling remembering their mom more fondly than the other sibling. Because the other sibling knows that she ran away. I think this made sense once you knew this, but like when it was Lucy and Sam out on the trails by themselves and when Lucy went to, you know, go live in that town and stuff like that. And basically the whole time Sam didn't like to show it because I think he didn't really like showing vulnerability, but... He was, I think he was probably kind of afraid that Lucy would leave him like Ma did. And 
I think part of the things that frustrated Lucy about Sam, like she couldn't firmly understand because she didn't know that he had this trauma from their mom leaving. Yeah, that's true. I think Lucy obviously was affected by thinking that Ma died, but I think it probably affects you differently. Not saying like one is worse or better than the other, but I feel like it probably affects you differently if you know that the person voluntarily left you. Mm-hmm. I feel like you definitely have some like abandonment issues knowing that your mom left versus knowing that she died. Because you look at it and it's like, if she died, then it wasn't a voluntary leaving you. But if she left, then it was more of a voluntary thing. And I think going back to Ba's story in general, like from when it was his story of when he started when he was little with that guy, Billy, and then how he ended up at the coast and how he was in charge of transporting all these workers, basically, and how they essentially... So there's this story about how the... I don't know what they're called, the foreman, the actual people who were hired by, I think it might have been like the gold people or the railroad people, and how they shot and killed one of the 200. That's what the group of workers is called. And then how their mother was really affected by that. And so they had come up with this plan and they lit this area of grass on fire. And I feel like because of me, a small part of my brain was like kind of distracted by the fact that they were just committing arson, essentially. Because like they're purposely lighting a forest fire. And it's like, my brain was kind of like, okay, Leanne, this is not the point of this scene. But my brain's like, but they're committing arson. Yeah, I was honestly like, oh my gosh, you're committing murder right now because they're trying to like kill or drive out these people. You know, I was like, uh, this is like kind of dark. Yeah, I guess they wanted to just kill like the, the guys that killed the worker. Mm -hmm. But then because, you know, fires in the wilderness aren't really, you know, it's hard to control them. So I guess what they're saying is like the barn or whatever that the 200 were sleeping in and then the Ba like ran up to it be like get out there's a fire but then like no one left but they thought it was fine because it was stone but then it caught on fire and they realized that between the two panels of stone was just a bunch of hay because someone had cut corners and so then they all died and then they talked about how that like really affected Ma afterwards I could definitely see why it would because it's like you're killing 200 of the people who came over with you I don't know this is kind of a side note but I kind of was confused at the point of talking about his time with Billy. I just felt like it was to show that like this is kind of where he started out and like this is where he ended up sort of thing. Where he was like, you know, I could have stayed in that, what was it, like a saloon that he was working in with Billy? And he's like, I could have stayed in that saloon and been like perfectly fine and like lived out the rest of my life. But he's like, but I decided to go and take a chance on this thing that ended up being absolutely awful. And then he was like, and then that's kind of where my life went downhill. That's true. I say that I don't really see the point. But now that I'm thinking of it, I think that's where a lot of his guilt about like, or not guilt, like just kind of like how he drills into the children. Family sticks together. Family comes first. Like when Sam got in that fight at school and how he was really upset with Lucy for basically kind of like, I told you to always stand by your family and like stuff like that. I think part of that could come from like, he felt bad about leaving Billy. Oh, definitely. And I think that too, it, Billy was like his family to him because he didn't have like his parents, you know? Yeah. So I feel like I could definitely see what you're saying there. Moving on to the ending, because I really want to make sure we get to this. What did you think of the ending? I was mad. You were mad? Okay. I was like... 
it really bothered me that like the author left the one finish or like the one sentence unfinished. I was like, no, like I want some closure. Like, tell me what Lucy's doing. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of nice how, you know, Lucy went in there for Sam to like talk to the guy that Sam owed money to. But what I thought was interesting is I feel like this is another example of like why I like the writing is after she went to talk to the man and like it didn't really tell us exactly what the settlement was, but she was basically like, I solved it. But then when she was going back to Sam, I thought the line where I don't have the book in front of me, so it's kind of paraphrasing, but she was basically like Lucy had earned the right to lie. And so she didn't really tell Sam exactly what she worked out. She was just like, you're getting on that boat. And then I think Sam maybe tried to protest and then she like slapped him. And then she was like, well, I hope this isn't the last thing he remembers of me or something like that. And then off Sam went. Oh, for okay. So for a second when she slapped him, I kind of read it as like she knocked him out. (laughs) Maybe that's, I feel like it's totally wrong. But like, I was like, she knocked him out and just shoved him on the boat? Question mark. But I was like, but then it says that he's walking on the boat. And now I'm confused. (laughs) Slapping him makes much more sense. Okay. Because I read over that part several times. I was like, am I just not getting this? <laughs> well, actually, your point, I think the writing's really well done, but I think sometimes I would get lost in it a little bit and I would have to like go back a little because I'm like, wait, what happened? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure she only slapped him. <laughs> that makes me feel a lot better because there was one part where she was like, I hope the last thing that Sam remembers isn't that I knocked him out or something like that. Like, that's how what I read it as. And I was like, uh. <laughs> now I'm wondering, I'm like, did she knock him out? <laughs> I feel like I have to go back and reread this now. I'm like, wait a minute. And then do you think Sam ever would have looked for his mom? I feel like, okay, actually, no. Do you think Sam would have ever looked for his mom? I don't know. Maybe part of Sam wandering the West for those five years. Like, I don't know if it was like a conscious quest, but maybe it was just kind of like, oh, maybe I'll run into her there somewhere along the path. Well, I felt like it was heavily implied that she left to go back to China. Because remember, she took that one uh, gold thing out of the pouch that was by her chest and she stuck it in her mouth so like nobody saw and it was like just enough for one ticket is like what I think Lucy had said. Oh. Yeah. And so like, that's why I wondered like when Sam went over to China, I was like, I wonder if Sam's ever going to go and look for his mom. So my thing about that is... I was a little confused on their level of fluency because it seems like they knew some Chinese. Like, I don't know what dialect they spoke, so I'll just say Chinese. But it seems like the siblings knew some. But I'm like, okay, so what? You're like 16 now. You're going to be on a boat to China. You don't know anybody there. How are you going to function? Because it's like, I feel like it's not the same as running around the West because it's like, at least you speak the language. Yeah, I agree. Because like... Also, I just felt like maybe the kids weren't that fluent because remember how Ba said that he had essentially forbidden Ma from like speaking the language for the most part, where he was like, there are just a couple of like little phrases that like we would throw around. But like, aside from that, I tried to like make her not speak the language. Yeah, I know that they, because I know that he was saying that like he was learning some of whatever dialect Ma spoke, but then it was interesting when those people came to loot their house. And how Ma basically gave him directions. And then she was like, oh, like, I wonder why your father just ignored me. Once we learned about Ba's language, how he spoke like a different dialect and didn't really understand the mother that well, I was wondering, I was like, did he consciously ignore her or was he just not understanding? I don't know. And that's something that I think is just going to go unanswered. Like, I don't know. 
But yeah, I don't know. I don't know how attached Sam is to their mother. Like, it seems like Lucy was more attached to her, but that could have also been because Sam knew that she left on her own free will. Yeah, I think, honestly, I don't think Sam would have gone and looked for their mother. Like, I just don't see it. Like, I think that Sam is too independent to want to go and look for their mother. Because I feel like Sam would kind of have this mentality of like, well, if you left us, I don't need you. I think that's definitely a mentality he has. But I think part of that too could also be just like a protection mechanism against what happened. Like, you left me, so I don't need you type thing. Also, I really do believe that Sam's original intention of like, getting on the boat or whatever was because she he wanted to get away from that guy he owed money to yeah so i think maybe someday when sam because i feel like as you're older feeling your feelings on this type of stuff changes too so maybe someday sam's like oh like maybe i'll go see if she's in that village she's from but like i don't think he went to china to look for her he was just running away from trouble definitely and then do you think lucy chose to stay in the u.s or do you think she chose to go and try to find sam in china i think she stayed Because when they're in bed and the guy keeps being like, what do you want? What do you want? There went on this whole like description of like the American West and the land. And it seems like that's where she was kind of like where her home is in a sense. But I don't know. I don't know. I was really torn because it was like she ended up going and finding Sam and leaving the town that she was living in to go be with Sam before. So it kind of made me wonder like, if she would go back to find Sam. And like, I kind of hoped that she would, but also like, I kind of felt like she wouldn't because she would be worried that then she would know, or like then those people that she had made the bargain with would for sure know that that's where Sam was in case they decided that they changed their mind and wanted to hunt him down. Oh, that's, yeah, I was gonna say, but they solved it. And it's like, oh wait, they could just change their minds. (laughs) I thought the way that Lucy was describing the scenery and the landscape of the West, of, like, where she grew up. It just made it seem like, like, that's where her attachment was. Because I know it said something, there's something about, like, oh, like, Ma's home across the ocean. And kind of implied that it was, it was not really, like, she had no attachment to that place. Yeah, I could see that. I also, it kind of made me mad that the author was, like, she wanted and then like just left it. I was like, no, you can't do that. I want to have an ending. <laughs> I feel like it's one of those things where I think some people can be like, well, life doesn't have a neat ending. So like below, but I was like, first of all, I like my books to have an actual ending. I feel like it doesn't have to say like, and then Lucy went to look for Sam in the future. Like just finish the sentence. <laughs> That's all I'm asking for. And also I feel like it's one of those things where In this case, this might not be true, but I think a lot of, not a lot, I don't know anything about writing, so maybe not a lot, but I think sometimes it's kind of used as like trying to be clever, you know, like not finishing it and trying to be clever, like, oh, I left it open for the reader's imagination. I feel like sometimes though, that can be kind of a cop out, in my opinion, because it's like, you know that the readers aren't going to be satisfied no matter what you pick. You know, and so they're like, well, since they're not going to be satisfied, whatever I pick, I'm just going to let the reader pick. But I feel like that's even more annoying because I'm like, if this is your book and these are your characters, like, it's your decision. That's true. Yeah, the ending I didn't like, but the book in general, fantastic read. Highly recommend. So as an overall impression, I would say this book is honestly underrated. Like, I had never heard of it before, and I'm so glad that we read it. What do you think? 
I think it's really good. I heard about it, I think from, I think it was from the novel Pairings. And I heard about it last year, I think. And then I bought it a couple months ago. And I was like, we should read it for the book club. And it's like, I really knew nothing about it besides the fact that, ooh, like new take on a Western. And I thought it was interesting how it kind of expands what, you know, the Chinese American story is. And I know like one of the reviews I read kind of mentioned how it, I guess, helps more people know that like not every Chinese person in this country is an immigrant because it was talking about how Ba was born in this country and how both the children were born here. It was really only Ma who was an immigrant. So it's kind of like to show, I thought it was nice how it showed just like how long the Chinese American history goes back. And I thought that it did a good job of kind of having a fresh take on the Western novel and it kind of expanding the genre. I think if there's more Westerns like this, I think I would read it. I agree. So we hope you enjoyed this question on how much of these hills is gold by C. Pam Zhang. Um, we'd love to hear what you think about it, what you think of our takes. You can share them with us on our Instagram or through our email. And don't forget to relate to Lenny's podcasts on Apple Podcasts. For our next book club, we're going to be reading Lot Stories by Brian Washington, and that will be releasing on the first Monday in June. You can find us at Zillennials Podcast on Instagram or email us at zillennialspodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to hit the subscribe button and stay a while. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.